You're listening to House and Samples Podcast, your place for all things Hogs, Mavs, Cowboys, Titans, Rangers, Stars, and much more, including the biggest rivalry in sports, Duke, North Carolina. Thanks for listening. This is the House in Shambles Pocket. And welcome back into the House in Shambles Podcast with David and Ian. We're going to get into some NFL talk, talk about the Titans, talk about the Cowboys, and I'm talking the number one Cowboys hater. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll own that title. <laughs> the villain, the villain, villain, a.k.a. notorious Cowboy hater. I'll take that. I mean, because you're a fan of the Mavericks, the Rangers, the Stars, the TCU. Like, you're a big Dallas fan, and then you hate the Cowboys. And I understand why. <laughs> I grew up a 49ers fan. I understand. Yep. It's just frustrating. It's funny. I always always kind of giggle at myself because it's like I love every team in that area except for, like, Dallas, the Cowboys, and maybe SMU. No, I think the only reason you hate teams like the Cowboys, not because of on-the-field stuff. It's not on-the-field hatred as much as it you hate it because a lot of sports. Not as you, much, no, but not as much on the field, no, but it's a little bit on the field. Yeah, but a lot of teams, a lot of shows use the Cowboys, LeBron. Yes. Uh... The Patriots, what are a lot of the? It's just easy clickbait. Yeah, that doesn't help matters any. Let's just say people use the Cowboys because people are very triggered by the Cowboys for some odd reason. I have no idea because they're always talked about. That's what I'm saying. Like, why? Why do people? That's why they're always talked about. Do Mm. people not understand that? Well. There's some of us that get it, but that doesn't mean we gotta like it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like you keep getting triggered, and you're gonna listen because you're like, "What are these fools gonna say?" This is, why, so, this is why on Twitter, I have on my personal account muted anything Cowboys. I can just mute it so I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> which is fine. Have to. Uh, like I, I, I muted cowboy player names. I muted cowboy coaches, owners, team name, but somehow it still popped up in my feed. But oh, not not a, not as prevalent not as prevalently as as it, as it could be without it though. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's big main. You follow a lot of Dallas fans, so you're gonna yeah. see it. Yes. Which is all fine. But let's get into the meat of it. Let's start off with your Titans. Uh, what do you think are, like, team needs for the Titans this offseason? Wide receiver, offensive line, wide receiver, offensive line, wide receiver, <laughs> offensive line. Like, give me all the offense. Like, in the, dra- in the draft, um, I've been talking to my Titans people in, in, on Twitter. Like, I've made it clear where I stand. Unless we end up picking up some more extra picks or something, I want nothing else on in the draft in offense. Nothing. Offensive line, wide receiver, backup running back, maybe a backup quarterback. 
I do not want to draft defense at all. Yeah, the only problem with drafting quarterbacks is not a deep draft. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it would be like a late pick for a quarterback, like probably like sixth or seventh round. Yeah. And I'm think- I was thinking at McSorley. That's, that was a. That's exactly what I was thinking. Especially for your Titans. He fits the style of Mariota, and even you could turn him into a slot receiver. Maybe. It's possible. I think he. I don't know. It, now, it could I, I be a possibility. Like, I know that this is going off on a different direction, but I feel like 2019 is going to be the make or break year for Marcus Mariota for us because with all of the injuries, not not necessarily his fault, but I feel like the front office is going to look at it like, okay, Marcus, this this is you. We They're not going to own up to the fact that they didn't build around him the right way with giving him a better offensive line or better weapons. But I feel like they're going to look at this year and be like, if he doesn't just blow it out of the water, then they're not going to offer him. Yeah, you can't just keep paying him big quarterback money if he's not available. Right. Sometimes the, sometimes the greatest ability is the BF, is availability, man. It's such cliche and it's such overuse. And I overuse it myself because that's why I'm so – uh, in love with that dude had missed a game true he might be mediocre and I will call it like I see it like will I ride for Dak at times absolutely but he's your middle of the road quarterback that you know is gonna play every day yeah and you at know least. he's not and you know he's not gonna he's not necessarily gonna win you a game but he's not gonna cost you a game either he's 90% of the time he's not gonna do something completely dumb and he doesn't crack under pressure I don't I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he has the most game-winning drives in the fourth quarter he does. in the last three years. So, but to, he, to my when I say when I say that he's not going to win you a game, like I don't, I mean like he's not going to put the team on his back and be like, okay, let's go, we're winning this game, follow no. me. He's never been that way. Like he's not he, a he's not an alpha. No, but. He's very e- he's very easy to build around though. So here's the thing, in a way, and to a certain extent, Mariota and Dak are a lot alike because they're both really, really clutch, and you know they they they, they both have won probably close to the same amount of games. The, and since Dak came to the league, yes. Since Dak came to the league, they've been about this. I think Dak has the edge because of the first year, but the last two years they've been about the same. Yeah. The He's only the, difference really is Mariota's availability because of because of injuries. But yeah. my thing is the difference between the two of them is, and I get into it a lot with Cowboy fans, but I feel like Mariota has the edge just because he's more. He's maybe silent, but he's like a silent alpha, if that makes any kind of sense. Like, the way he goes about his business on the field is what makes him an alpha. He's not a he's not a vocal leader, but he's a like a physical leader. Like, he ref- like I've seen so many times since he's been our... Where we've been like, well, crap, this game's over. And the fourth quarter hits, and then boom, touchdown. Boom, touchdown. Boom, touchdown. Game over. We win. Like, the guy does not give up. 
No, and I I agree with you, but at the same time, I think they both are very similar in that fact. And when times get tough in the moment, they both play Step well. Up. But at the same time, I think sometimes their running gets them like real hype, and sometimes they'll get a little too hype. And that's <laughs> sometimes Dak's problem is some of his bad, like his overthrows, where like he'll get a big run and be like, all right, let's go. And then he'll be a little too juiced, and he'll like throw, put too much on something. I think a lot of it. I don't think it's that's a problem with Marcus Mariota though, because I feel like he's even killed pretty much all the time. Like I don't think I don't think Marcus ever really gets too high, and I don't think he ever gets too low. If that makes any kind of no, sense. no, I, I agree. I think you're completely onto something there, and I and, think. Uh, I think the biggest flaw for Mariota isn't really even a flaw of his own doing. I think it's a flaw of the front office for not putting the right type of people around him to be successful. If you're a type of quarterback that's not an alpha, you've got to put people around him that are. That's why Dak flourishes because Zeke is that way. Amari (laughs) is that way. (laughs) And so that's why they played so much better is Dak feeds off of them and kind of can get that. Like that kind of it's just I don't know. It you put people around good dudes like that that are the alphas, right? And you want to put because of course alphas aren't going to get along with Aaron Rodgers. It's <laughs> no. not gonna happen. <laughs> Same way with Brady. But with Peyton Manning, you put a quiet alpha as Mary, uh, Mary Marvin Harrison around him. They were. So good, Demarius and Thomas edge, and Edge. Yeah, Demarius Thomas. You're not going to hear them talk as much. They were just so good. Another one with that old school Colts team was Edge. Oh my God, yes. But just the kind of not talking alpha. Like Aaron Rodgers knows he's great. Agreed. And that's a problem. Yeah. Yep. And that's why I think it's easier to build around players like Mariota uh, and Dak is because. But he's a front office until Dallas went out and got Amar. Neither team had really done enough to build around them. Nope. That's where y'all made the right move. That's what I'm waiting. That's what I'm waiting for us to do. And so that's kind of what we want to get into. Let let me bring up some wide receivers in this draft, which you can probably get some in free agency. The first two that jump off the board are both the old miss receivers. They be putting receivers in the draft. DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. I mean, they're not even my favorites, honestly. And it's not just because they're at Ole Miss, but like I like that Nikhil Harry kid out of out of Arizona yeah. State. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like that receiver out of Texas, that little Jordan Humphrey or whatever his name is. That dude's fast. Um, I like the big the big receiver from Stanford, uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside. He's yeah. probably my, he's he's probably. That guy from Stanford is probably my biggest draft crush of this draft class. That kid is a freaking monster. I would say as far as that freak athlete, I'm going Riley Ridley. Eh, he could probably he, he's probably gonna be like a third or fourth round pick, maybe. Yeah, right now they have him projecting an early third round. Cause this is 
this honestly is a really, really defensive heavy draft, which yeah. is why why it kills me that I don't want to take defense. But we're so good defensively, we don't need it right now. You need you can draft for depth though. Yeah, we can draft for depth, but I mean, to me, I feel like there's going to be so much defensive talent on the free agent market that we could get away with throwing all offense. There's a kid that I would love to have on my team, and that's a, the Marquise Brown, the uh, Antonio Brown's little cousin. That dude's a, so so fast. Well, who's he play for? Buster Oklahoma. Marquise oh, Brown. Hollywood. Hollywood, yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know that was AB's relative. Yeah, that's why there was such a cry out on Twitter when AB was working out with Kyler Murray. Hmm. His cousin went to Oklahoma. Yeah. That's who he he was working out with his cousin, and his cousin's quarterback happened to be Kyler Murray. Now, there's one. Now, there's one. If some reason Kyler Murray, people just, I mean, I know he's projected in the first round. Now, if he, I'm going to sound crazy saying this, if he would slide back further into a later round, then I would take him as our backup quarterback. Man, it's too much of a draw to do that. Because if you but, draft Kyler Murray, you're putting a lot of heat on Mariota. Well, he's got heat on him already because everybody knows he's going to. This is this, this is it. This is go time. Like it's either this year or you're gone. Like, yeah, I think, and it's should. not. And it's not like I said earlier. It's not his fault. For but, a Mariota, I would draft someone who's not going to bring a crowd. As far as media attention, because he's gonna bring media attention. Oh yeah, just like Baker did. Yeah, you don't right. draft you don't draft a Baker Mayfield or a Kyler Murray unless you plan on playing him. That's true. And so that's why I think uh, somebody in the later rounds, like a Sorley, wouldn't be a bad idea. Kind of like when. Uh, Here's my thing: if we're gonna go to this power offense and kind of get away from the scrambling quarterback next year if, if he's not working. Uh, give me a guy like Ryan Finley from North Carolina State in the late round. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I've said it for months now, I feel like that kid, ironically, considering where he was from, reminds me a lot of Phillip Rivers. Yeah. And I, I say ironically because they both played at North Carolina State. But for me, yeah, draft-wise, it's it's all offense. Like, round one, I want either Nikhil Harry from Arizona State, Jonah Williams, the offensive lineman from Alabama. Um, Who? Jonah Williams. He's like plays like left he'll guard be, for Alabama. I think he'll be top five. I mean, not top five, but top ten. Very possible, but we're not far from the top ten. We're like nine, eighteen, or nineteen. Yeah, we. Uh, so, so, so technically speaking, he could slide back. Both of them could. You're looking at somebody in the middle round. Now you could get the offensive tackle from uh, Ole Miss. He's he would be available. Offensive tackle Oklahoma's there. Yeah, I like both of them. I like that guard too from Oklahoma. They have. They have two different offensive linemen at Oklahoma that I kind of have been looking at. Yeah. But yeah, first round I want either I'd like the first round I want to either go offensive line or receiver. 
Yeah. I think receivers probably, if I was you, knowing Mario, that's who you're building around. I think receiver or offensive tackle are your first two. Regardless, think, no, regardless what guards. guards. Guards are worse than tackles for us right now because between the tackles, we're, t- we're terrible. <laughs> we're terrible between the tackles right now. No, right, I, I said tackle. Offensive line, period. You need to address yes. both of those. I agree. For me, though, like, I was talking to him earlier, and I was like, you know, I say that we will need to draft two or three receivers in this draft, but if somehow we could, like, sign in free agency, like, one or two receivers, then I would almost, then I would change my mind. I would say then you could be okay with signing some, de- or drafting some defense if you sign receivers. Yeah. Like, I don't know, Cole Beasley and Golden Tate. For example, I agree. I think Cole's walking, and I'm fine with it. Here, my my thing. That's kind of what I want. I want. I would rather sign sign defensive talent and be in free agency and draft offensive talent. But you can work around it. Like if you signed a Golden Tate and a did something like sign Golden Tate and Cole Beasley and fill out your slot positions. Yeah. You could like you could draft one receiver, one maybe two receivers, just to have one for depth and another one to fill the other outside receiver spot. Mm-hmm. But but for me, there's so many like for the type of offense that we're gonna run with having a big back like Derrick Henry, we kind of need those big physical. Some of those big physical, we're gonna uh, we're gonna out muscle you for the ball. We're gonna get up and. Like, just like get up higher than you to get the ball, and we're not dropping the ball. Yeah. I mean, having having fast guys is good and all, but when they can't catch the ball, they're kind of useless. Yeah. What about the, what about Dallas? What do you think y'all need? I honestly think you we need a slot receiver because I think Cole's gonna walk. You need depth on the defensive line and you need depth on the offensive line. Those are all – because I think we're sured up at safety, in my opinion. Our corners played their butts off in the playoffs. Uh, defensive end is sure up. If we can re-sign Lawrence. What do you think you can – do you think that happens? That's got to be your main priority is re-sign Lawrence. Period. Do you think it – let me ask you this. Do you think it's that or do you think it should be to nail down a – nail down the extension for Zeke right now? Zeke's I, – I, I need DeMarcus Lawrence under contract. Gotcha. Because you can work Zeke out. You can get his contract out next year because him and Dak aren't due until next season. Okay. I mean – it's whatever Dallas you could do both but I think the more important right now is DeMarcus Lawrence from an outside perspective I would say y'all should build on y'all strength because I feel like once once Jason Garrett is gone barring that Rashard leaves I think that he's going to be y'all's next coach I would be surprised and I would love it but but, but that's both our strengths because that defense, if we're not, when we weren't getting after the quarterback, they didn't play as well. When we weren't stopping the run, they didn't play as well. 
So maybe that's why I say maybe getting a defensive tackle in the second to fourth round is kind of where we need to be. Yeah. Maybe even getting a Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson in the first round. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Uh, I can see. I, I see y'all probably going offensive line actually to uh, in the first round because y'all's offensive line was kind of trash this year. I'm not gonna. Lie. It wasn't even the t- the offensive line is trash. It's not. It's the fact that Tyron Smith missed like three games. Yeah. Uh, our center went brain dead for a second. Frederick. Frederick got hurt. Missed the whole year. Zach Martin got hurt. Zach Martin missed like five games. So it's like on the offensive line missed a lot of games and so that made it worse and that's why I say we need depth because definitely I think Looney's too old right now so maybe getting a center in the draft maybe getting a late round offensive guard in the draft really I'd like to draft somebody who can play all five positions yeah that would be ideal and that, then that fills kind of all your holes because, like, if Looney would have got hurt during the season, we would have been absolutely screwed. Hey, at least you didn't end up like the Redskins did. Mm, true. Good Lord. you I've never seen a team more ravaged by injury on, at one position. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, I mean, I would be okay looking at these defensive tackles, picking up Gerald Willis out of Miami or even Isaiah Bugs out of Alabama in the second round. He's a monster, dude. Those are late. Like, those are like that's the that's the one guy defensively that I would really want if we went defense. Yeah. I want Isaiah Bugs. That dude is like 300 pounds and can run sideline to sideline like a linebacker. Yeah. That dude is a freak. <laughs> The guy's a freak of nature. I'm telling you, the dude, I, I, I've seen it as a Razorback fan. I've seen the dude go from sideline to sideline and track down a running back. It's crazy. It's crazy. The dude's like 305 pounds and he's like 6'4". This dude is crazy. Crazy. You don't find that in it hardly ever. No. I mean, and sometimes you'll run into people in free agency you never, like you said, there's free agencies out there. We're just talking strictly draft right now, but there's plenty of that to go around. To me, to me, it's weird because it's a very defensive year on both ends. It's both draft is defensively good and the free agent market is defensively good. There's not much offense going around this year. So if you're 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 an offensive needy team, you're kind of in dire straits this year or this offseason. Yeah. So I mean you kinda gotta you kinda gotta get what you can off the market if there is any and you kinda get gotta overpay for it. And then as far as the draft, you kinda have to take it take chances with offensive players and hope that they work out. So for the Cowboys right now, I honestly, in the draft, it's going to be kind of who's best available because depending on your position, like. That makes sense, though, because y'all have spots y'all need on both sides of the ball to an extent. But it's not we, it's not such a glaring need that it's like, all right, we got to get this. We got to get that. It's whatever is kind of there. Just go ahead and get it. Tight end, maybe? Tight end probably is your biggest one outside of offensive line. 
Yeah, I really like uh, the way we played towards the end of the season. They all started stepping up, but I think maybe if you can get a middle ground, a TJ Hawks, Hawker, Hawkinson, Hawkinson from yeah. Iowa. A, or Noah Grant from Iowa. Uh, no, I don't think we're – that's the first-round pick. I don't think we're going to use that. Hmm. Maybe maybe a Caden Smith from Stanford. Don't, don't sleep on – that tight end from uh, A&M. Yeah. These are just the list in the top 100 because it's not listing the last. So, I mean, there's tight end could possibly be a direction, but the tight ends that Dak was using last year towards the end, after the Indianapolis game, I don't know what happened. Something clicked. and He just started hitting his tight ends left and right and was playing a lot better, especially in the system you we're running with run first, pass second, which is completely fine. You got your big play threats on the outside. See, the the thing that helped y'all a lot is that Amari Cooper trade is because now y'all don't have a glaring needed receiver anymore. And Gallup stepped into the number two role tremendously. Mm-hmm. He made up for what Terrence Williams wasn't. It, Pretty it, much. He's just as fast, he but he's started, a lot he bigger. St- or he started to. He started to. Yeah. I think a lot of it's going to – he's going to have a big jump from one year one to year two because his, his – him and Dak's ability to connect is going to be a lot better. Yeah. Because he went from being kind of the number one option to Dak was focused so much on Amari that I think their relationship faltered. And I think that's going to be different this offseason. Yeah, I want you to get an offseason to kind of learn the playbook more and get to get to build more of a connection with your players. It's going to be a little bit different. Because you got to remember that Dak and Mariota lost like 60% of their uh, their receiving numbers from the year before. And ours was from a tight end. <laughs> so was ours. Our leading receiver year four was Jack Witten. He retired. And then y'all's got hurt. And then they cut Dez and then – Y'all's receiving core just completely left because they were old, but obviously. And so you just kind of had to make shift. Yeah. Especially we, at the time. We really position. did. We really did. But I like our like our secondary tight ends and stuff. I'm cool with them, like, if we decided to keep it that way. Um, but, yeah, my biggest thing, offensive line and receiver, like, there's some other positions and stuff I would take if we took it. And, I mean, I wouldn't be mad, so to say, if we took took anything defensively in the draft, but I would just be kind of disappointed because I feel like our defense is our strong suit and there's really not that many weaknesses as compared to our offense, which was absolutely anemic. Yeah. Because I feel like if you upgrade the offense to just being a – top 15 offense with the way our defense plays we can win a lot of a lot of ball games and that sounds like one of my oh that sounds like cowboys <laughs> yeah but i mean i choose you, to try to have faith i know we got a new offensive coordinator i was gonna ask you about that how do you feel about that I'm still I, – I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm just kind of waiting to see how it plays out. Yeah. Because, I mean, the guy's been there. He survived 
three or four different coaching changes. I mean, that guy's been on the staff since, like, who was it? Uh, Munchak was there. He survived every coaching staff. So, I mean, there's got to be a reason why he's been kept around. Yeah. You know? I mean, Absolutely. he's got he's to be good at what he does and know something, or else he would have been cut a long time ago. Absolutely. Uh, and then, I mean, both teams have got a new offensive system. Well, no, I wouldn't say system, but new offensive mind. Yeah. And I'm not, at this point, I'm kind of not against Kellen Moore. I'm just glad he's not the quarterback coach anymore. I think John Kidden is going to be tremendously upgrade. I do too. At the quarterback Here's my bold position. Pred- Here's my bold prediction. You and these bold predictions. I feel like John Kitten is going to be in the same kind of position that what Mike Kafka's in in Kansas City within the next five years. Oh, yeah. He's going to be right on that borderline of starting to get, of starting to get, Head coaching talks. Yeah. Well, the thing is killing Moore. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm not a killing Moore believer, really. I think the only reason he got the job was because Jason Garrett liked him and he didn't have a quarterback coach at the time and he wasn't going to make the team. And wasn't he a former Cowboy? He was was on the team and they cut him and then signed him as a quarterback coach. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're right with that. And they have all three, Jason Garrett, uh, Kellen Moore, and John Kitten have all played games for the Dallas Cowboys as a quarterback. Somehow that does not surprise me. No. But I think it's a – I think Dak needs to walk into the coach's room and be like, hey, I'm calling shit from the line of scrimmage. I don't care. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like, uh, this is my team now. Sit down. Because that's sometimes what ha- what happened when we had a lot of our big plays was Dak changed, saw something to the line of scrimmage, changed the play. I can relate to that because the, the last couple of years, most of the time, when our pl- when we played the best is when Mariota was calling the plays out of the huddle. And I want to use something that you have said hundreds of times in the past. Can't put a square peg into a round hole. Like it's why? The truth. <laughs> the times when Dak and Mariota flourish are those two-minute drills. You wonder why? Because they get to call it from the line of scrimmage. They're mm-hmm. no huddle, just like they were in college. So it's something mm-hmm. that they know. And why do exactly. we keep trying to jam something down their throat when we know why how they play better? Doesn't make no sense to me either. Exactly. And there's two glaring things that I try and tell people when Dak runs the ball three or more times when Dak doesn't throw interceptions and when Zeke gets 30 touches Dallas normally wins those games it's like us with Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry's getting the ball 20 plus times we usually win exactly even if can I just say how much I am thankful for Eddie freaking George Because if we did not have a legend to, to to slap some sense in perspective into freaking Derrick Henry, God, he drives he, me nuts, dude. If if he hadn't woke up, his ass was gone after this year. I'm not I a Titans can, fan, can, but man, that man is 240, 250, whatever he is. Like, dude, run behind your pads, right? You're not a scat back. It, it, it drove me absolutely up the wall for freaking. 
two and a half years, like a year and a half or two and a half years or whatever it was. Like, dude, wake up. You're 6'3". You're 6'3", freaking 240. Play like it. And that's exactly what he finally got to the point where he's like, man, I need to be better than this. And he went to, and he went to, I don't know if you've heard the story. Like, he woke up and he was just like, I gotta be better than this. And he used what he had at his disposal, and that was a borderline, if not more than borderline, Hall of Fame running back in Eddie George. I think he went to he went to Eddie, and Eddie was like, "Yeah, man, like you need to man up. You you're a big boy and a big bag, and you need to start playing like it." Yeah. And ever since he got ever since Eddie George smacked some sense into him, we saw what Derrick Henry became later in the year. Uh, when, he, he, when, he, when he put that in his head. Derrick Henry turned into the Derrick Henry that won a Heisman at Alabama type of running back. He became a monster again. He is a monster. And I, I was what I was saying, like I told you, I said, if he would run like Zeke where he ran behind his pads, he would be unstoppable from time to Dude, time. Do you, you realize that game that he had against Jacksonville late in the year? He was less than 100 yards away from breaking the all-time record for rushing yards in a game. That's what happens when you feed him. <laughs> That's insane, dude. Like, I, I could not vote. I'm still in shock over that game. I'm just like, did that really happen? <laughs> I think sometimes he falls in the fact because Mariota is so much into the zone read game and the finesse running styles that sometimes the offense kind of fell into that. And he never got into a under center, hand me the ball, I'm going to run for five yards to carry. But to, be, but to be fair, though, he was kind of running soft, so I kind of get it at first. Yeah, but now I, that he, now that you know that he knows, feed him. And I think a lot of it, you got to put him in situations to succeed. Yes. And and he's, what, he's like the driving nail in the fourth quarter. Like, it, y'all, y'all should never lose games if y'all are up seven, ten points going in the fourth quarter. Uh uh-uh. uh never. Unless unless we just run into somebody that just. Absolutely, can't slow him down. Yeah, unless your defense is falling apart, but you should be able to control. Just like Dallas, you should be able to control the control the ball, control the clock. Mm Mhm. So, I think we'll see more of that this year, though. With with us having our offensive coordinator be a guy that was our tight ends coach. Yeah, I I kind of think he's gonna be focused more on the power and getting the ball out quick to your tight ends and stuff like that yeah it's gonna be a lot of power running i think and a lot of like quick quick pass like short game and all that you're not gonna see as much zone read uh you know uh a lot of deep deep passes crazy plays like that i mean you'll see I'm sure they'll use the read some because that's what Marcus is best at. Yeah. But it's, the thing that drives me nuts about with young quarterbacks is putting them in situations they they don't need to be in to succeed. Like there's a lot of times where Scott Linehan put Dak on first down at five wide, no back. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. A lot of their plays, especially in the first quarter for both Mariota and Dak, needs to be hand the ball off, hand the ball off, and then their passing plays need to be a three-step drop boom or 
fake the handoff, five step drop, mm -hmm. plant the foot, boom. Not a lot of decision making where you got two reads pre snap where I know I'm looking one way and I'm not looking backside. And another thing that's hurt Mariota too is the fact that our receivers are so average outside of Corey Davis. And it's just like the guys have trouble running routes. They can't catch the ball a lot of the time. It's just like they can't get, they can't create space. Like, I think you need to go get a player that's a big play threat, a big receiver, a, mm -hmm. a player that's mentality like this. Not don't get get desperate. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying someone who's made like that, who's six two, six three, two fifteen, that can go yep. up and get it. I and, agree. Because you got to kind of have somebody outside of Corey Davis that, that can get up the field like that. You sometimes need a third down guy that's like, hey, you go run a 10-yard turnaround, and if you're open or not, I'm throwing a ball, and you're going to catch it. <laughs> True. You kind of need those receivers sometimes where it's, it's schoolyard football where it's like, hey, you go turn around at the sticks, I'm going to throw it, and you're just going to have to make a play. That's kind of – that's a lot of the reason why I want the dude from Stanford because – if you go back and watch his tape at Stanford this year, there were games, you you even the announcers will say it, you know it's coming and you still can't stop it. Completely like agree. The, the, there were games where, you, especially in the red zone, they called it. There's like, it's like watch for, watch for our Sega White side here, watch for our Sega White side here, and then boom, right there. Two guys on him and he still catches it and they can't yeah. stop it. But we're get we kind of nailed enough for what we needed to talk about with this NFL. We could go on hours about what, back and forth, but mm -hmm. kind of got the gist of it. What t each team needs. Uh, make sure y'all stay tuned because we'll be steadily putting out podcasts. Uh, this is the House in Shambles podcast. He's David. I'm in. That's it.